0: Hey, hey, welcome back to The Kitchen. This is Brad Costanzo, and today we're cooking up some amazing business strategy. And I've got some awesome advice, including my guest, who is one of the most knowledgeable, talented marketing minds out there that I've run across. I've known him for years, and he agreed to be a guest on the show today. The topic we're going to cover today is or it should be at the heart of every business owner's uh, mind and strategy. Uh, Far too often as business owners, we get caught up in just developing new clients or new customers and getting them in the door and how many new customers can we get. And then we forget about the rest of the process. We forget about the entire sales funnel, the experience. We forget about what the potential lifetime value of a customer is. And the reason that's important is because when you know that you have the ability to optimize the amount of money that a customer spends with you and increase that over time, it increases your ability to do so many more things on the front end. If you can outspend your competition on the front end, you can You can dominate any market you're in, and the way you do that is by looking at your business holistically all the way in from the the first time a customer gets to you to the last dollar they spend and getting them to spend more and more often. It just so happens that today my guest is Tom Collins, and Tom is on the other line. I'm going to bring him in in just a second. Tom is an expert expert. At this entire process. In fact, he used to be the vice president for about a decade and a half of one of the largest direct response and information marketing companies in the country. He's been behind the scenes of some of the biggest household names, information gurus from various different fields, and he has seen what very few people have seen under the hood, behind the scenes, and has tremendous value to share. I'm going to bring him on right now. Tom, are you there? Hey, Brad. Yeah, I'm here. How I, are you? I'm doing fantastic. So I just introduced the folks to you, and I I, I want to repeat that you know you, I'm really honored to have you on the show because every time we've gotten together, whether it's in masterminds or over a beer and... I've had the opportunity to kind of dive into your brain and your experience and what you've been able to do. I've always been amazed by the depth of knowledge you have when it comes to an entire business's sales funnel. And I'm not talking about little businesses. we're talking about multi-multi-million dollar businesses. So today I really want to, you know, in the heart of the, you know, the bacon-wrapped business show, I yeah. want to I want us to show people how they can wrap some bacon around their entire business <laughs> by optimizing the stuff that they may not even realize is possible. And you know, I, I want to go. I don't want to go into your entire you know background and history. I hate shows that do that. So, hey Tom, tell me where'd you grow up? What were you like as a teenager? <laughs> I Was born. Yeah, exactly. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I know you're, you're going with the uh, the jerk. The uh, <laughs> I do that all the time. Then <laughs> I have to stop myself. Um. So where are
1: you today? You live in Salt Lake, is that right? So, yeah, I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um married, have three kids that are all two teenagers and one well on his way and uh uh we've been here 17 18 years. Grew up in Las Vegas, so kind of have a, a twisted background because of that. So I'm the, yeah, the Mormon guy from Las Vegas named Tom Collins. So um uh, that always makes for interesting conversation. And uh <laughs> um yeah, so so I guess so people always want to know about my background so yeah. well I, it's very
0: of, important in this case because your background and what you've been able to see and then do and now and now and now help others with is really what makes you know your knowledge in my opinion so powerful so well, yeah, tell us a little bit yeah. about what you and, did and
1: i, I and I, i'll tell you i didn't really respect this until you know i started going to mastermind groups and and people go hey whoa that's different and i go yeah i know it's different that's why i don't fit in but um so, so I did. You know, I grew up with a in a blue collar background, great um, upbringing, all that, but uh, had that consumer perspective of like, how do people make money, right? And and so I I was given this gift as a in my twenties, thinking, okay, I really don't have career. I got a degree at BYU and all that, but I, I didn't have a career planned out and had no clue how to do it. Um, so I I went after a job in sales and. I thought, okay, if I can make good money in sales, I can do really well. And some of my the guys that I grew up watching um, had done well in sales. And I landed in a company that was started by a couple of my buddies from BYU. And we thought, okay, this will be cool. Maybe I can make some money and then I can figure out what I'll do for a career. And so I'm in my mid-20s. And uh, next thing you know, I we kind of grew and and I got promoted and Started running a, a coaching division, and I'd had previous sales training experience as a sales manager, and and uh, worked for Stephen Covey for a while. So I was one of the few like educated guys in this company, and in, in like running a company. And so, so what happened was not just doing that. We were the back end sales machine selling coaching behind a lot of direct response gurus that ran seminars, TV, online, direct mail, and I found myself in this position where. We would bring on a new account, and we would go to their company and and sit in their boardroom. Me and the, my couple of buddies that were owners, and they would because we were going to sell for them. They were insisted that we knew every single detail about how they ran their business and how they generated leads and how they made sales. So that when we called and did the follow up sales, we could be congruent, be in sync, right? And yep. at first, you know, I was just floored because you know you can buy direct response marketing books and training, but there we saw and we were dealing with 50 and 100 million dollar companies and i would just be just blown away and go wow look what these guys are amazing and it's but we just took studious notes and 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 the great thing about that experience was we dealt with dozens of these companies over the years as our company grew we got better at it and we started sharing that knowledge with other clients and lo and behold it would help them and we go hey that works you know they didn't just tell us that that's what they did that actually works for everybody and so we started collecting this wealth of knowledge and applying it to our other clients and it grew business for everyone. and it, it was just this phenomenal kind of like surreal ride because I, you know, I just barely knew how to sell when all of this started and after 10 years of it. I mean, we dealt with the guys who started MySpace, you know, some of the the Dean Graziosi, some of the other big names that people have seen. yeah And uh, by the end of that, you know, the first decade, we were the guys going, hey, here's how the formula works. Let's just plug it into you, and we'll make you millions and millions of dollars. Just come be a partner to the right person, to the right company. And uh, so it was just this gift that I've, I've been giving. It. And we had the perspective of, one, learning from these companies and then implementing and seeing things work. And But we also talked to their customers in real time. So we really knew what worked, what customers liked, what they didn't like. And we could say, hey, that didn't work. The customers are mad. They're all canceling. Or, wow, here's what's missing. They're all telling us they want more of this or that or the other. And so we just saw the front end from the back end. And over time, we went from this kind of, hey, they created a lead and we do some coaching sales to two and three years of planning of how to create loyal customers and what we'll do month after month, year after year to retain these customers as long as we could. And and it just evolved over time. And so I, I look back in hindsight and just am grateful because it was a huge, huge gift.
0: Yeah, I I can't tell you how much I wish I could just plug into all of the experience and the little, you know, corners that you've seen where, you know, things are happening behind the scenes that you know somebody else would totally miss. And you're like, no, this is what we're doing, and this is what they did, and this is why. I love how you you know you started off and you learned from them, and then yeah. you became, you know, you learn from them not just the back end but the front end for necessity. And I think that's a really yeah. really important point because all too often. As I said in the very very beginning of the show, I think I think business owners focus because of lack of time. Right? They, they focus yeah. on just one area. Okay, I'm just going to go get new customers, new customers, new customers, and get more people in the door. And then they just neglect the people who came in. It's also really important that you said you talk to the people who are already customers and found yeah. out, you know, what it is they want. And one of my one of my clients who owns a business and was asking me for you know for more help and. Developing his, you know, his uh, his front front end conversion and his unique selling proposition, et cetera. He was asking how to do that, mm-hmm. and it was a really simple question. I said, you know, how often do you pick up the phone and call your customers and find out why did you buy from me? What what did you like most? What you would you like least, what do you, you know, what would you recommend? Just get in conversations with them, and number one, it'll it'll do amazing because people aren't used to that. But number two, okay. the amount of information you'll dig up and you'll be able to provide on the front end is, uh, you know, it's it's also powerful. Yeah, you know, actually, some of my best sales copy mm-hmm. has, that I've written for either myself or my clients has come from immediately after, like in an online business, if they purchased a. A product uh, oh, yeah. is immediately a two-question survey. I'd usually ask them, "Hey, real quick question before you log into this software that you just purchased. Number one, where did you where did you hear about yeah. us?" Yeah. And usually, I know that from analytical and tracking, but I still ask them to soften up to the next question: Is what was the main reason you decided to make this investment today? And I had I have one client who. Sells software as a service for real estate investors, and one of the one of the answers happened to be, "I'm tired of killing myself trying to <laughs> find motivated sellers." So I was like, "That's a that's great language pattern." I'm going to yes. simply turn that around, and we used it on a you know in a in an email copy and on a squeeze page. Tired of tired of killing yourself trying to find motivated sellers. Here's yeah. the answer, and it improved <laughs> conversions.
1: We got that directly from talking to some past customers. Well, you just took the conversation that was in their head and realized that there was a lot of other people with that same feeling right absolutely and yeah, no that 's awesome. Those are great questions by the way
0: oh yeah, and they, they work tremendously well
1: so a lot of the uh,
0: a lot of folks listening to this may or may not be really familiar with the term a sales funnel, hopefully they are, but yes. a sales funnel really is you know getting somebody in the door with uh, uh oftentimes just a whether it 's something free or a front end product and get them taking the small steps to spending money with you and then selling them more and more often and through the doors and that's you know the sales funnel is really one of the areas that you're a master of but offline you and I talked a little bit about this and I want you to uh, to elaborate you say that a lot of people stop with a very basic sales funnel and they don't think about this on a longer term perspective and what they can do so tell me a little bit more about and you can phrase it as, okay. you know, yeah. the way you work with a client or the way that you work with anybody else. Yeah. Uh, t- tell me your perspective on
1: that. So I get accused of saying, using different cliches and, and different things, but uh, there's, there's two things I want to say. The first one is I think what happens with business owners is like you said, they get good at one thing. And when you're good at playing a certain game, you want to play that game, right? And in and, and business, you constantly either have to be growing or adding other value to your business for your customers, but also to the ability of your business to, to grow. And usually at some point that gets beyond you or, or that one game that you play. And so using that as the preface, what I see a lot of is a lot of people are learning from marketing gurus this great thing of how to acquire a customer, right? And so they have, I call them an acquisition funnel because it, it's one type of sale that people make, and it's how they acquire a customer, and it's how they um, start making a profit, or how they uh, get certain revenue so that they can afford to advertise, right? And the better your initial acquisition or sales funnel is, the more money you can spend in advertising. What a lot of people do is they think that's their business; they mm-hmm. think that's it. And so, what happens is, and in, in, and so you know, if you grew up in internet marketing, it was hey. Make an offer, build a list, and then send your people to other people's offers, right? And then you lose them and, and they're gone from you forever. But what we found is typically if you plan on having people for a lifetime and you treat those customers um, – in fact, here's a better way to say it. I, I have a friend, Jim Labadee, um ProGrade Nutrition. And he quotes a guy from Paul Mitchell. He says, we're not in the hair product business. We're in the reorder business. Mm. So they focus all of their energy on, yes, getting customers, but they want their customers to have such a good experience. They come back time and time again. They talk about the company. They refer people to the company, right? So I've always been a back-end, quote, guy, but it's being able to say, hey, what are your Step in their evolution and the next thing they want that you're not offering them maybe you should be offering that to them right so we built a little formula based on how to grow your your business so you can afford to advertise and grow your business that way yeah so. that's fantastic you know there's a i forget where i heard this i wish
0: i i wish i had created this saying because i love it and i've used it a lot but and i believe it's very very true that never in history has it been harder to get somebody to spend their first dollar with you yeah but never has it been easier, yeah, and more important to get them to to spend a, time and time again and to buy again from you. And That's right. And it's that it's that reorder process, and it's whether they're reordering the same thing, or they're ordering more uh, or more expensive products, and more of a of a yeah. different thing. But the um, the front end acquisition is where a lot of the that gets put well, into
1: place. Of, but yeah, they just they just stop there. So whether you're selling. You want them to buy each of your product line or if you want them to order continuity forever or send them into a coaching or sell life insurance to them three steps down the road or you know whatever you're selling. But, but it's understanding that – so there's two things that I see is I see a lot of people that they abuse their customer in the first – that acquisition funnel. So the customer never wants to buy from them again because they feel a little used, a little manipulated. And the other is they – they do a good job acquiring the customer and then they never do anything with them again, you know? So Mm -hmm. I, can I share a story with you? Oh, please do. So, so I have a friend here in Salt Lake city, um, made their big first hit in information marketing selling. Well, he's a a podcasting company blogger Mm -hmm. and, uh, Jeremy Francis is his name and, uh, came to me and said, Hey, you know what? We want to start doing paid traffic and advertising. I know you do that. I don't, think I want to be as aggressive as you guys are. We, we're not into, you know, really aggressive selling. Do you have some ideas? And so we sat down and basically I showed them a plan. And, and what we did is we said, Hey, you have X number of customers. What do you, what else do you offer them? Nothing. Well, so we asked them, you know, we, and you've seen this in a million other places, but we just asked them, what, what would you guys want if we offered any more product? They wanted a couple of things. He built those products, and and they sold them. And they both, the first two times they did this, they had such overwhelming response. They actually, they sold out. They put a limit on how many they'd sell, and they sold out both times like in an hour or two. Oh, wow. They were, you know, hitting themselves on the head going, why didn't we offer more people? (laughs) No kidding. But they literally went from six figures, you know, mid-six figures to a couple million dollars. And they still do not have pay traffic, you know at well they, they do now, but they didn't at the time during that lift, and all they do is they just ask their customers, "Hey, what do you want to hear from us? Here's what other people like. Do you want the same thing? Yes, great." And they just they let people from them, and they've made literally double triple their money from it, and as they've gone into pay traffic, it's just a, been a really easy thing. Because now they have more than enough money to advertise, and you know that's everybody's big pain is I don't have enough money to advertise. i you know, what do I, where do I do that? These guys don't have that problem anymore, right? And you know that's a
0: that's one of the uh, the funniest <laughs> things. So so many people talk about you know I need more capital in my business. I need more. Yeah. Uh, I need more money to do X Y Z. Well, money is almost always. Yeah, well, Back up. A lot of them end up going out and raising money from friends, family, venture capital, yeah. credit cards. Where money is really a function of you don't have enough sales because if you did, money wouldn't be a problem. And people right. don't see where all the possibilities for sales are throughout the entire line. They they just believe it's very uh, it's very linear and it's not. Sales are hiding in all types of nooks and crannies. And there's a you know that's one of the things I do for a living. One of the things you do is we find those hidden. Pockets yeah. of profit that can be optimized, and and then it it can literally change the future of a business. Tom, a, a few minutes ago, though, before you got into your story, you said something, and I'd love for you to extrapolate on that. Uh, you said yeah, sometimes yeah. people abuse a customer when they first come in the door. Yeah can you ex- can you explain what you mean by that, and maybe any examples of how customers are getting abused, and, and the business owner doesn't even know they're doing it?
1: You know, so so. What, what, what I've seen is – and we've, we saw it originally just on the back end and we just started talking to customers going, hey, do you want to buy more? And they're like, no, I hate that person. They sold me, they sold me what I wanted. This is the typical language that I hear. I wanted to get the thing and when I got there, they showed me these other things that if I have known about them in the first place, I'd have just bought them anyway. But what I'm really ticked off about is the manipulative way they sold me. I really wanted the products, so I bought them. But I refuse to do business with them anymore because they were using manipulative tricks instead of just presenting value and offer. Right? Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And by the way, that's you know that's one of the.
0: You
1: know, th- don't know they don't know they're cheating themselves when they use manipulative tricks like that, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And from what I've seen, like like I mentioned earlier, it's never been harder to get that front end customer, right? You and sometimes you feel as though. And when I say you, I think some—I don't mean you, but everyone. Sometimes people feel as though they need to do pull out every trick in the bag in order to uh, to get that first dollar out of somebody's pocket. Whereas the reason I believe it's the hardest time to sell the first, you know, to get that first dollar out of somebody is uh, the internet, social media, yeah, and the ability for people to before they buy they Google you. And if they find there's message (laughs) boards, there's forums, there's negative comments, and no longer can you hide behind um, poor service or manipulative sales practices because the consumer now has a voice like they never have had before. So it creates the need to be as authentic and forthcoming as possible on the front end, even to the detriment of front-end sales. Because, yeah, you might get a few more... Sale customers in the door, but if you do it in a way that uh, that sours them, not only are they going to ruin your reputation up front, but they won't do the most important thing in business is reorder and buy more. So that's, that's why right. it's so important to be authentic and, and give so much value up front and then optimize that process to reorder. Yeah, so, Absolutely. You told me earlier that you have a magic trick that okay. you you wanted to, to share, <laughs> and you started to tell me a little bit about it. And I was like, no, 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 I'll no. save this for the uh, save this for the show. So tell me, uh, uh, tell me about your own little
1: bacon wrap magic. Okay, so so the the, the magic we kind of we kind of shared it with with sharing Jeremy's story, and and that is. If you have customers already, and, and you can survey using your survey, I think is is an excellent way to do it. There's a, a dozen other ways to skin it, right? There's anyway, but mm-hmm. uh, the the magic trick is is to your customers and ask them, "Hey, what's what's missing? What what do you wish you were getting? And what what are so so here's here's the thing. Here's the right downer, right? Mm-hmm. So when your customers complain to you turn it around on one talk to them and say hey what could we have done better and you're going to hear this phrase and it's called i wish i wish you guys or wish your company x and just make notes on that and when you see a repeating pattern you have a clue also you know when you survey them and say hey what do you want more they're they're going to tell you that and then oh gosh i just my mind just blew on the third one but there was a there's a third one that I will remember in the in the thing but they're going to tell you what's oh so the third one is when people leave you and they go buy from somebody else pay attention to what they bought and and that's the hardest one you usually hear that in the conversations or the the survey they say well you didn't offer me this so I went and bought it from you know I didn't target didn't offer this so I went to Walmart to get it is is how you'll hear that language and if you listen to your most ticked off customers and your best buyers, they'll give you the best intelligence. So take that information, turn it around, package it up into a valuable offer and offer it to your customers. And now you have new revenue at a better product margin because you don't have to acquire any new customers. And it's really, really that simple. And so that's that's where you know Jeremy kind of twisted. He said, dude, you got to go share this. And so I set up a little free training. It's called the 3x2x. It's basically what you do is use this little model to take your current business, double it by offering some back-end things right down the lines of what people are wishing for. Wishing, I wish you'd offer me this. You offer that to them, you sell it to them, and then you take that money and then you go create more leads with it. Every new lead, now you have the back-end system, so you'll double those down and you can literally triple or quadruple your business lead flow and have plenty of money because now you have a back-end and now you have money for more leads and since you have money for more leads you get more back end right it just it feeds on itself to a, to a natural ceiling so you know whatever your appetite for customer acquisition is
0: now look so, at the bacon wrapped around that that's what i'm talking about <laughs> so, i mean it's that is exactly the at the heart of the matter like it's so simple it is so it's so obvious it's sitting under people's nose and they completely uh, most people completely exactly. miss that. And it can, it can be revolutionary. And like you said, you can continue to do it, continue to do it. Uh, I've found, as, like, as a business owner myself, and a lot of the folks that I either know or that are my clients, I see this all the time is the, the problem clients, they just wish they would go away. And a lot of times they yeah. ignore them or they just shuffle them off to customer service. And they're just like, just deal with them or don't pay attention to them. People are going to be pissed off no matter what you do. And you know, true. just move on. Though the, the most vocal and the, the most pissed off uh, customers are sometimes okay. the absolute best people you need to listen to. Granted, if somebody's irate and cussing yeah. and absolutely Some stupid, are unreasonable, yeah, right. But yeah. if they're if they're Generally upset, speaking. they're upset for a reason. Talk to them, get on the phone, probe, and don't just try to placate them. That's the other thing is, uh, and right. I, I, I've been guilty. Don't placate them and just try to make them less ha- less mad find out deep down what can they want because if they're passionate enough to tell you this they're passionate enough about the product or the solution that they need in yeah. order to
1: tell you how to better well, provide it and what's interesting is you know about a third of the time they're they're actually a little more passionate about your product or service than you are and they're disappointed that you weren't delivering all of the passion and service they wanted. I, gosh, I love that front end, but I'm so disappointed that you didn't offer me the whole this, that, and the other, right? Mm-hmm. It's the whole T. Harvecker camera selling story. I, you only sold me a camera, but I was going on a cruise ship. Why didn't you sell me the batteries and the case and all <laughs> the other stuff? Now I'm really mad at you that you didn't offer me those things. Exactly. Just, it turns things on its head. Yeah. So
0: re- so recapping those, uh, you know, what, what, basically what's missing yeah. the three questions you know what what 's missing? what was the other the, the other mm-hmm. second
1: one so so what what do you wish so the, yeah, what the do phrase you wish is, I wish I wish you offered me this, I wish it didn 't have this, or i 'm buying this other thing from somebody else right okay, so how would you phrase that? I
0: guarantee there's somebody out there right now who has customers, and they 're thinking oh. i 'm going to get on the phone right now if they called up their 10 best customers or any customers, what would you tell
1: them to say verbatim? What do you, what do you wish we did better or more? What could we do better and, and, and offer more? What do you wish? And they'll say, I wish you did X. Okay. And, and it's just, it's literally that simple because the best customers will tell you, they go, you know what? Your stuff's great. That's why I'm a good customer. But you know what? We go buy our da-da-da-da-da from somebody else and we wish you just wrapped that in and we'd buy it all from you. You know, a okay. lot of times you hear that in a business-to-business deal. Or, you know, they'll say, gosh, I loved the X, Y, and Z, but where you really fell short is I wish you were offering. And a lot of times it's done for you. It's software, automation, that kind of stuff. And, and your upsell say, oh, yeah, we do automate. They'll tell you exactly what kind of automation they want, right? That's so, great. So what
0: do you wish yeah. we did better and what do you wish we did more of? And then just yeah. take notes. Yeah, great. Exactly. And then if you, yeah, if you add those to the uh, – to the questions that, to that, yeah, that I said, yeah. which is, you know, why did you, punch. yeah, why did you make the decision to yeah. uh, to purchase, or you know, what you know, why did you, why did you buy from us? What, what what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? What do you like the most? What do you like the least? How would you improve it? Would yeah. you would you recommend us to somebody else? And you might you it's might very, hear a no, and if you hear a no, stop and say, well, why not? And yeah. you know, some of the, and by the way. You're, uh, if you're a business, a small business owner, you should be doing this. If you have a customer service team, they should be trained to do this proactively as well, and not just sit back and react and wait. If they're not, if they're not fielding calls, they should be making these calls. And I'm, I'm a believer because I've seen it. Yep. That some of the be- your best salespeople can be your customer service folks because they're not trained in in sales, they're not trained in persuasion. They're simply trained in how to solve problems, and you That's put them right. out there to solve somebody's problem and. Somebody's just happy that somebody's trying to solve their problem. They're like, man, take take more of my money.
1: <laughs> it happens. Well, they they are. We used to have big-ticket coaching people who would say, oh, I have this, this, and this. I wish you offered that. And the, this, the customer service rep, we authorized a certain percentage of them to sell at a certain tier. Right. And they'd say, well, we do have that. But you told the – the rep, the salesman, that you only had this much money to spend, so we believe that's the most valuable package for that amount of money. Right? Oh gosh, if I knew you had that, I would have bought the whole thing. you Right? And it's a it's a process, it's a sequence of trust and relationship with the customer. Now they have a better trust and relationship, and they'd say, "Well, yeah, I want that. Okay, that's two thousand, three thousand, five thousand, whatever more it was, five hundred. They would just gladly buy it. Absolutely. And it was fun, It's funny how that works, but it, it, a lot of times they don't have a trust with you on the first time around, but now that they know you. They'll tell you. I wish you had this. And you go. Well, we have that. Well, why don't you tell us about it? Well, uh-huh. you don't. Right, and and it goes back and forth. So, but yeah. Uh, no, I love that. The yeah.
0: um. So, so Tom, right now, are
1: you are you are you doing client work? Do you work with clients, or do you yeah. simply? Uh, so I, I do one on one with clients. Mm-hmm. That, most of what I do is still behind the scenes, one on one with companies, kind of one million up. Right. Um. And, and I was going to ask you that. Like, what's your typ- What's a typical client you typically? T- Tip, typically, it's the it's the it's that client the you know. So Michael Masterson has the book Ready Fire Aim, right? And you spend your first, you get to your first million by selling only. You sell, 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 and then once you hit that first million, and there's a magic number for everyone everywhere. It's not always a million, but once it's time to start really developing the rest of your business and, and creating more innovative products and doing, you know, the magical. Okay, we're going to go from one to ten, and ten to twenty, and there's that vision and ambition those are the people that that usually we end up i end up working with one on one um what what i i do a lot of kind of one off phone calls and i do you know a little whiteboard experience and i do boot camps things like that so that not all of my customers are these lifelong fully committed customers but sure people who you know we focus on a, a certain thing so i used to do the 8 figure boot camp and we're revamping that and you know those those types of things. So
0: that's great. Are there any yeah. types of of companies or customers you typically don't work with, or that's just not really appropriate for you? I mean, um, obviously, anybody so, in the yeah. information guru expert uh, I, space is is a really sweet spot because you've got a ton of experience there. Are there any other I, yeah, businesses that are? I
1: do, I do a lot of those. I do a lot of Main Street USA, you know, companies that that need the call center thing or they need uh, to expand their product line. Um, What the ones that I really don't spend a lot of time with, just because I'm like drinking out of a fire hose for them, is is new new startups that where they're not super experienced. I always end up just telling them, you know, go buy this information product from somebody else and learn. And um, or if they're uh, so so kind of newbies and startups are are not my sweet spot um, because we we just do so many things. So if you've gone to some of the internet marketing conferences or direct response conferences, and you've been around for a couple of years and seen those things. That's probably a better fit for me. Perfect, perfect.
0: Yeah. Well, so if, if folks want more information on you, if they want to um, find out a little bit more about Tom Collins. I know if they Google Tom Collins, they're probably yeah. <laughs> not going to come up with your profile first. They'll probably see a drink you recipe. Can get the
1: drink exactly. Yeah. Uh, how, do, how, how does somebody you know get a hold of you? So, so because of the nature of the, the higher level, if you will, consulting that I do, I do a lot of just free trainings. With, with the coaching that I used to do at the big company, I just kind of have this compulsion to just give away a lot of stuff that a lot of people pay for. So I was thinking on our call, probably the easiest place to go is I, I have a Facebook fan page. So Tom, Tom Collins, eight-figure business. Okay, so Tom the, the Collins, yeah. the number eight – it's the number it's the number eight and so I post all of my free trainings there cool I have a number of YouTube videos you can find them all at that Facebook page that's great you know and for anybody listening that is oh it's got it. okay. a business that is
0: not focused enough on the back end the reorder process or anything mm-hmm. I cannot recommend okay. Tom's uh, training and wisdom enough I mean every time you okay. and I get together I learn something new and I, I really valuable people who've been Value people like yourself who've been in the trenches and have seen what is working and not working at the highest levels of business. I mean, some of these some of these clients that you've worked with in the past are doing, I imagine, tens of millions of dollars. Am I right? Yeah, consistently, consistently. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, this is not low end internet marketing info products. Those are the you are typically the person that they they seek out when they've when they when they're going through those growing pains is wow we are successful how do we really take it to the next level right so right tom i really want to thank you for coming on the show it's been amazing if you if you want more information from tom tom collins eight figure business on the facebook search you can find everything else about him right then and there this has been one of my favorite episodes of bacon wrap business. We we, well, we shared thank some you. that's it's fun to share stories like that. Yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. And you know, if if you're if you're a business owner right now and you have questions about how am I how could I be doing this better? How could I be doing this uh, more effectively, or if you have a strategy that has really worked for you and you consider it to be bacon wrapped, you consider it to be something that's you know, share-worthy and you'd like to tell me about it, maybe we feature you as a guest on the next show, or you just have a giant challenge that you're looking for my help or any of my current or prior guest help, shoot an email to me, askbrad at baconwrappedbusiness.com. I'm more than happy to see if I can help you, give you a second opinion, or maybe even feature you or your strategy on the show until next time tom thank you very much for thank you showing up and delivering the sizzle
1: thank you thank you very much it's been a pleasure it's always fun to talk to you man absolutely can't (laughs) wait all day
0: can't wait to see you again and grab a drink with you
1: all right man talk to you later thanks